Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. I believe it was the last day of school today. So all of the school age young people, kids that are here tonight, that you made it through another year of school, why don't you stand? Come on. All right, here we go. There's two of them. All right, Cooper, there you are. All right. And oh, there you go. Well, we always recognize our kids that move up, and we will do so in a later date, as soon as I get to battery. But uh, I know we we have one, actually two, one moving into junior high next year. All right. Well, I still call it junior. And then we have somebody moving into high school. Oh, that's a big step. Amen. So congratulations on uh, all of you. Amen for. Uh, Making it through, what was it, half COVID and half not COVID, or half COVID and half uncoated, or something. But they made it through anyway. All right. Going to call your attention this evening to the uh, book of Genesis, and um, we're just going to read a couple of. Verses, with uh, Ryan, here we go. Amen. And Jacob awoke out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Verse 17. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful, but that the only place the only version that dreadful is used is the King James Version. That word really is awesome. Okay? That's the translation most versions use. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? Now, listen to this. Can you imagine it if a person honestly believed this next part? He says, wow. he says, this is none other than the, but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Imagine finding such a place, right? And then verse number 18. And Jacob rose up early in the morning. He took the stone that he had put for his pillows. He set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And we don't need to read the next verse, but and then he made a vow. He made a vow to God. He made a vow to God right then and right there. 
because he had felt the presence of God, all right? And he made a vow to God. He said, wow, this is an awesome place. He says, and God, if you will keep me, if you will keep me, and I'm paraphrasing again here, but he said, if you will keep me on life's journey, he says, you will be my God. And I will honor you with the first fruits. But that part of it, we're, we're not going to get into tonight, but he made a vow to God because he knew that he had struck gold. He had found himself in the presence of God whom he had been looking for, but he had been going about it in all the wrong ways. Amen. And so I, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about about this and uh, the uh, the title of my thought tonight is and uh, as he gets it up there, Sister Alicia, does it matter that that thing's upside down at all? Okay. All right. <laughs> because I've hit it before and it's messed it up. All right. A place where you can. Amen. A place where you can. I love this story of Jacob. How many of you like the character of Jacob? I just love this guy. I really do. From, from the get-go, from the time that he was in the womb. I mean, God had told his mom, he said, because there, there was some, something going on. There was some kicking and some you know, scratching and biting already going on in there. And she says, man, what's going on? Or he says, well, you've got two nations. Yeah, there's... There's a, there's a conflict that is going on already. And then, of course, we know that upon his birth, he had a hold of his brother's heel. And he, in, a, in the real spiritual sense, he was saying, I'm coming after you. I'm going to get what you think that you've got. The blessing of our dad, the blessing of our grandpa, he says, I'm coming after it, and I'm going to get it. And of course, we know the story. He did get it. But it, uh, it was quite the process, and, and in the beginning, certainly wasn't, uh, it wasn't the right way to, uh, to go about it. So, and Jacob, he's running for his life. He's running from his life. And in a sense, he's running toward his life. And... Brother uh, Ryan, could you turn those track lights down for me, please? One thing for sure. Now, we know what, what had just taken place. What was Jacob running from? What had just happened in his life? Anybody? Sister Alicia, what? All right, but what had happened? He had just, he had just deceived his blind father on his death. I mean, hello. That's not, you know, I don't care what you're going after. That's not a real proper way to treat your parents, okay? And, of course, his mom conspired with him. So, but he was in, you know, he, he was not in a good way. And he, uh, he, he was... Uh, he, he was running. He really he was running for his life because Esau was coming after him. 
He was running from his life because you've got to know that once you go through something like that and you do something so terrible that you like thinking, man, that wasn't a very nice thing to do to dad, you know? And uh, then, of course, what he really what he really didn't know that he was running toward his life. And so we are told here that he stopped at a certain place. And he took one of the stones of that place, he put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. So how many of you have ever used a rock for a pillow? How many of you ever used a pillow that felt like a rock? Yeah. And so, here you can only imagine what's going through his brain, right? You can only imagine what's going through his brain. I mean, if you're... Now, he is on his own. He has no company. He is on his own. It's dark. He's under the stars. And... Probably didn't bring a sleeping bag. Probably didn't bring a flashlight. Probably didn't bring a lot of stuff, right? And he is tired. He's worn out. He takes a rock, puts it for a pillow. He falls asleep. And God gives him a drink. A big drink. We know the drain. He sees the ladder. From earth to heaven, angels coming and going, but what? See, he has never really known by revelation, he has never really known per se the God that his father Isaac and his grandpa Abraham knew. He really hadn't got to that place. He knew what he was after. He was after all of the blessings that flowed through them, but he had never really got a revelation of who God was. And then God gives him this dream. He sees angels coming and going. And at the very top, there's God. And he says, Jacob, he says, I am the Lord God. And the Bible says that God speaks to him. He says, Jacob, he says, I'm giving you the blessing of your dad. I'm giving you the blessing that came through your grandpa. He says, every place that you go, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you all that has been promised to Abraham. Pretty big deal, huh? Pretty big deal. you got to admit. And uh, so... He wakes up. He wakes up and he says, Whoa! He says, Whoa! God was in this place. He says, What an awesome place. He says, And I didn't even know. But what he did do, the Bible says he, he, Build an altar there. He built an altar. He anointed that altar. And he made 
He, and he named it Bethel. You know what Bethel means? How many of you know what Bethel means? With Ali? And he made a vow and he said, God, he said, if you will be with me, if you will do everything that you have told me that you're going to do in my life, he says, I want you to know that I, and I'm paraphrasing here, because really this is the vow that I made to God when I gave my heart to God. I said, God, if you will deliver me from this lifestyle, I told him, I says, I want you to know with your grace and your mercy and your help, I will never ever return and go back the place that I'm running from. I will serve you. And so he made that vow. And he said, wow. He says, this is an awesome place. What made it an awesome place? Hello. The presence of God. Thank you, Brother Mark. (laughs) Yeah. The presence of God. God. The presence of God is always what makes wherever we are an awesome place. Wherever, listen, you have you have God inside. You have the Holy Ghost baptism. Wherever you go, wherever you go, you got to understand. Every step that you take, it is an awesome place. Because God is with you in that place. Hello. And so, we know the story of Jacob. And man, he, you know, he just struck gold. Years later, he would be told to return to that place of his vow. He returns and builds another altar. And he renames it. What does he name it this time? What, Brother Kelly? El Bethel. Right? El Bethel. In other words, it's more than the house of God. Through his experience with God being with him, all through that journey where he went and worked for his uncle Laban and he got deceived so many times, but ultimately he had a wife and kids and everything. God said, hey, go back to that place. This time when he built a new altar, He called it El Bethel, the God of the house. It's not the house. It's the God that is in the house, folks. And so tonight I just wanted us to be reinforced, I guess, with the idea. Alright? This house is not about the house. It's not about this building. It's about the God that is in the house. This can be that place. Welcome to the Tower of Pentecost. A place where you can. A place where you can what? 
a place where you can encounter God's presence. That's why we're here. That's why we have this sanctuary that's been dedicated to Him. It's not just for... If, if it was about for looks, we would be, you know, we wouldn't be doing too well because there are, you know, CLC, their sanctuary is, my goodness, I don't know, wow, it's a multi-billion dollar facility. No, no, no. It's not about that. It's about the presence of God that is in the house. It's about the God that we worship in this house. It's about the presence of God that brings presence, that brings people in, that draws people in, so that they can have an experience and feel the presence of God that I felt when I first walked into a Pentecostal church. I walked into a Pentecostal church one day completely obliterated from reality. And I walked into a place and I seen these knothead, strange people. Sister Ruth wasn't there, but she had a way up, right? Whatever it was that she did, right? Brother Virgil Collins. Oh, But I encountered something there that I had been searching for, that I had been running from, that I had been running toward, and I found it in that place that was the presence of God. It literally changed my life. Completely. I had never been in such a place before. And the reason why the presence of God was so... Listen, God is everywhere. you understand? He's everywhere. But just because He is everywhere does not mean that people are aware of His presence. Because it is through people's worship and through their vow and their commitment to His presence. And, and I, I witnessed something. It was life-changing. Jacob, that was a life-changer for him. He had been searching. He had been after the blessing of God in his life. But he was trying to do it without the presence of God available to him. Once he found it, he was all in. The vow. Who says it? How many married couples we got? 
your marriage vow is. I got a text from a, a, a man today, and and uh, his spouse is going through some real tough, tough, tough health issues, and and uh, just you know he, this person's trying to take care. But the vow is in. Good. Only good. Only good. Oh no, 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 don't don't like sickness. I don't I do not do well when people throw up, okay? Just saying. I figured that would be the best way so you could you know, you could appreciate sickness. Hey. You understand? It's the vow that Jacob made, the vow that I made when I gave my heart to God, it was through all of life. It was through all of them. It was in my 20s. It was in my 30s. It was in my 40s. And that's how old I am. <laughs> I mean, Johnson with me said, Yeah, I'm almost 50. <laughs> I tell people, I say, Man, sometimes I wake up and I feel like I'm 50 years old. What does that even mean? <laughs> A place where those and incidentally, Bethel, okay, years later, before Jacob got there, it was called Luz. L-U-Z. Jacob put God on the map, per se. You understand? Is that what we are making an attempt? No, no, no. We are doing. We are, we are changing. We are changing the name of our city. You understand? Is it? It is God's city. God's church. We are, we are giving to our city the opportunity that they do not have without the presence of God. You are making the difference. You are making the difference. It is your commitment. It is your vow to your God. It is a personal thing for the Ollie. It's personal. It's not a it is a group effort, but it's an individual. It's a, it is a personal thing with God. And so Later, not only would it, the name of that little place be changed to Bethel, okay, but the Ark of the Covenant, or could we say the Ark of the Presence of God was located in that city for a while. And even after the Ark moved on to another location, 
it was a place where people would come to seek God when they were in trouble. Oh, wow. Because of one man's bow to that place marked and he built an altar and it became a place of refuge where people could go and seek God when they needed Him. Is that not what we There are people that I believe that are seeking God in all the wrong places. Amen. 740, okay? It is, this can be the place and is the place where people can experience a new birth. Born again. Years ago, Kathleen and I used to always go to the juvenile center. Right? And he's had kids in trouble. And we, you know, after she got through playing Lawrence Welk, y'all don't know what that is, right? Called the accordion. She played the accordion and I pulled bubbles. But, man. But we would, we would ask him, these kids were in trouble. Trouble, trouble. They're in jail, you know, kid jail. It's jail. And I would say, what if, what if I told you today that everything that you've done up to this point would could be wiped clean and you could start over brand new today. Mom. They would all go, oh yeah. Can I enter the second time into my mom's womb? And start over. And maybe pick a new parent, by the way. <laughs> but all hands would go up. Because if they really understood what we have in that the, the spiritual new birth, they would be beside themselves. What? You mean I can start over? Yes, you can. That don't mean that you won't have some flashbacks, right? But starting over and ultimately ending up in a place where there's no war, no death, no sickness, no pain, no tears, no robbers, no thieves. Okay, all pet owners, close your ears. No dogs. I think I said, I think I said, I think it's biblical. 
But you understand is that that's this can be that place. This needs to be the place where you and I can with confidence bring someone in that is fighting the devil and explain to them you you just need you just need to come in to the presence of God and allow him to work things out in your life because there is nothing big enough out there there's no college big enough there's no book self-taught million billionaires nothing out there that is big enough to help you with your troubles it takes God I'm not going to get through them all, but here I had uh, there. I had a couple of scriptures that that went along with encounter God's presence. In Luke five seventeen, the doctors were there, the lawyers were there, and they missed out on this part. It says, "And the power of the Lord was present to heal them." They missed out on why. They were there to, you know, to critique the teachings of the Lord. And they were there to find fault. And they were there to, you know, to see if he was on cue with what they had been taught. And all of the time, the presence of the Lord was there to heal them. Heal them. Well, I don't need healing. I always do. I always do. You know, I always got a spot on the ear, you know, or spot on the heart, or the brain, what's there. The presence of God is here. And then, uh, Mark 2, 1, it was heard that Jesus was in the house. <laughs> they heard Jesus was in the house and that He could do what He said He could do. And the place was so jam-packed that they couldn't get through, so they had to rip the roof off. Yeah. We know that story. Amen. Experience the new birth. The new birth. It's a place where the foolishness of preaching does work. It works. Not by man's choice, but by God's choice. Yeah, when we... You know, when we... It's always going to be about the blood. It's always going to be about the blood of Calvary. It's always going to be about... The sacrificial Lamb of God is—you can teach and you can preach and 
you do all the the other stuff that but it's always going to end up at Calvary's cross and it's always going to be about the blood and to the world they well that's so that's we don't want to you don't want to be talking about that kind of stuff you know that's not good you know we talk about hanging on a cross and all that that's the price of salvation for eternity. When we stop preaching about what the world, Bible says the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to those that are saved it's the power. If we have, Brother Mays, if we ever stop preaching about the blood, we are in big, big trouble. When we ever when we ever stop preaching about the cross, when we ever stop preaching about what really took place at Calvary, we're, we're in big trouble. The new birth experience. Amen. This can be the place that people find their purpose in Christ. Purpose in life. And I've said this, you've heard me say it. It's so when you know when when you're uh, when you're a child of God, it's so easy to find to know your purpose in life. It's so easy. What's my purpose in life? My purpose the, the entire law and prophets is hung on it. That I'm to love God with everything that is within me. All my strength, all my might, all my brain power, everything. I'm to love God with everything that I got. And whatever is left over, i got to love you. Now tell me how hard that can be. And the process of love is a servant. I serve. I serve. Got a Bible study here this evening. I have my towel. Coffee stains. I promise it's coffee, okay? It's not anything else. Brother Steve, when, when you were a day back to the old school, we got a white towel with a green outline in the state of Washington at ordination. That was it. It's one of my, it's one of my most cherished possessions. Now, when I was on the board, transferred to man, the wives get bouquets of roses and the God, the, the minister ordained, they get these big walnut clocks and leather Bibles and medallions. And I said, Whoa, what happened to me? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That towel goes with me. Everybody says, That towel has sat on many kitchen tables. remind my purpose 
my purpose is to serve. And the only way that I can be a good servant, Brother Grant, is to love him with everything that is with him. Because if I can't catch a hold of his love, then I can never love you like I'm supposed to. That's my purpose in life. And to reach my maximum potential. What is your potential, Brother Nate? What might you do for the glory of the kingdom of God? Sister Gracie, what do you think? Now you're, I'm sorry, you're too young. You can't do anything for that. That's the response I'm looking for. Thank you, Brother Cole. Samuel, you can't run around in inside the house of God and, you know, even though Eli's, you know, putting his ephod on you and you, you can't do nothing. Well, I can't, but until God wakes me up and speaks to me four times, Young people, younger people, and little people, parents, don't, don't sell your children short of the, the potential, the God potential inside. We need them. We need them. And love God, love you, grow, 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 and so on, So on seeds of the gospel. He said, hey, someone's going to fall on good ground. You may only get a 25% return on your investment, but trust me, 25% is a real large payoff. And the only way, the only way, the only way that the church cannot grow is when the sower stops. Is when you and I we become contenders for the gospel, which is needed, but we're one-dimensional. We have to be contenders and compellers. The only way the church stops is when you stop sowing seed. Amen? Amen. Yeah. <coughs> Come out and church sometime and see how crazy we are. <laughs> Amen. And then close. <coughs> this can be the place where people grow in grace. Grow. What's that? 
that even mean? What, how can you grow in grace? Anybody? How can you grow in grace? We have Bible scholar, graduate. How do you grow in grace? Sister Reyes, help us out. That is a cop out. Brother Andrew? Spending time in the Word, Word with God. Yeah, actually, 2 Peter 3 17 says, Grow in the knowledge and grace of God. You. You grow, grace is a development process. Okay? How many of you are the same in your walk with God as you were the first night you were born again? Because Peter says there's some things that you add to this, okay? Virtue. Temperance, perseverance. Okay. Okay. Oh, patience. Self-control. Yeah. Oh, did we strike a nerve? I heard you say You gave her away, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, you go. You're not the same that you were yesterday. You grow, you mature. Did you know that one of these days in the thousand year reign? I don't know what God's got planned for you, but I think He's got some pretty big plans for me. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm in training. I'm in training for eternity. He says, well, because you have been faithful over one, I'll make you rule over ten cities. I'm telling you. I'm in training, and there's big things in store for me. That's the way I believe. But it goes back there, she thinks, wow. If he's ruling over a city, I'm not living in that one. <laughs> Peter, yeah. Why don't we stand? Amen, amen, amen. This can be the place. It is the place. That's why the we encourage you when you come to the house of the Lord, when you walk through those doors, you'll leave your bags on the outside. Leave all that, oh man, you know, that anxiety, that feeling, well, hurry up so I can get out of here and I got things I gotta do. The presence of God was there to heal them. The 
Spirit of the Lord was there to refresh them. The Spirit of the Lord was there to take away that anxiety. To give them that peace beyond. How's it go? Peace beyond? Yeah. Amen. Are you thankful for the presence of the Lord in your life? That's really and true. Every step I take. Every step I take is an awesome place. Yeah. When I when I walk into whatever place, yeah, you know, I, mean, I, don't, I don't always act crazy, but I do most of the time. <laughs> Shot people along the way, talk to them. Fine, well because. Because every place I go is an awesome place. Because God's with me and He's an awesome God. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, appreciate each and every one of you. Amen. Can I ask? Who do we need? Who wants to pray and dismiss us? Hands going up. Brother Mace, thank you. Amen. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now. Thank you, Lord, for this lesson, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to help us apply this to our lives, Lord God, to understand your word, Lord, to be merciful and graceful to others, Lord, that you draw nearer to you each and every day, Father. As we leave this sanctuary, Lord, we ask you to be with each and every family, Father. In Jesus, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you.